Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. The Late Launch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors Summer Sales Event. Get low as can be, APR, zero deposit, and finance arranged within four hours. There's never been a better time to get to Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cavan. You're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Jam-packed show for you over the next couple of hours, so let's get straight to it. My first guest today is really making waves on the traditional music scene as she releases her first album, and, and she's all set as well, listen to this, for a headline appearance in Drogheda next week at Fla Kjol. And she joins me today for Count August Connor. Fault your old Jabail. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. We made this date back when at the launch of the flower, wasn't it? Yeah, when was that? That was a while ago. Oh, now. it was a while yeah. ago at this stage. I said I have to have this lady in as our first guest building up to the flower next week in Drada. Are you excited to be coming to the Augustinian church on Saturday week? Yeah, I'm really excited. My I did a gig there last year with my dad when we did Marvna um DJ Stage. It's a requiem that he wrote for um 1916 and so I got my flavour and it's a it's a lovely lovely venue um, so I'm really excited to do my own gig there now this year and I want to remind listeners these tickets are like chicken's teeth they'll be gone and when they're gone they're gone you know that advertisement <laughs> yes it's the Augustinian Church in Drogheda for the flat Saturday week the 17th and it's a 5 o'clock start 5 o'clock so very civilised oh absolutely <laughs> you'll be able to have a great early evening after yeah. you're entertained by this wonderful lady well 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 you've come along way from that little girl in Ratcarn where I read, you know, that music was music, but, you know, did you ever see it being, you know, this career that you're heading off on now? Um, well, I suppose, I mean, I always kind of, I always sang and my father was my first teacher. He always taught me songs and growing up in Ratcarn, like, it's the, just the, it is the normal thing to just do Shano singing, even Shano's dancing, which I'm really, really terrible at and I, I wish my mum my never made me do that. <laughs> but that is the essence of Rahan, um, and that is why I started to sing and that's how you realise that you have um, that you love it and that's how I realised mm. that I love it doing competitions as well just giving me more confidence and um, being used to being on stage it's it's every little step kind of brings you closer and closer so um, yeah so that's where I am now 
You play and sing. You're a harpist? Yes, I play the harp. So you do both. And of course, the flowers and the fashion of growing up are all part and parcel of you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, the flowers is a huge part of my life. It's it's what prepared me for a lot of what I'm doing now. Um, sure, I was in the group of Kill with Tlachta and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very, very used to kind of the whole weekend traipsing around to different competitions. But it's it's great fun. It's really, really great fun. It was, I, I just remember the excitement of making it to the All-Ireland Fla and things like that. It's, it's a great weekend and week. You are multi-talented, let me say, though, because ballet, yes. yes ballet is yes. something that you've excelled <laughs> at as well. Um, yeah, I did ballet up until I was about um, 19. So it's something that I think um, I think it's very important. I learned a lot of discipline from ballet. I learned a lot of focus. And focus is something that has helped me a lot with being in the studio, being able to do long hours in the studio and getting a full album done. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it sounds very glamorous, but it's a lot of hard work. And um, yeah, different things. I also did karate when I was younger. So different things have kind of... I'm getting worried now. <laughs> I've got to say nothing on to all here <laughs> different things kind of have taught me how to, how yeah. to be me <laughs> and you're a strong woman as well you see the action I'm doing here mm. you did a bit of rowing in your I time. did do a bit of rowing um, I was getting to the point where I had to choose if I wanted to go down the very competitive route and that's when I was 16 and I had just recorded Mish Era and I did love it I was doing it every weekend for about four hours um, every day on the weekends and um but then seeing kind of took off and when you're doing rowing, you can't. it's all or nothing. You can't just be half in, half out. So. But it gives you the rhythm, doesn't it? You know, there's a yeah, rhythm in true. rowing yeah. that you need. So there's a tie-in there, you yeah, see, as yeah. well, young lady. <laughs> now, you mentioned your dad a, a number of times there and he's from the famous Nekassade, Oran. Oran, yeah. Oran is your dad's name. And your mum's with you here today, Diane, Diane. And she's from the United States. Your dad yeah. met her there. Yeah, well, my dad was in a band called Nicosity and they toured all over the world. And when they were doing a tour in America, in the US, my mum uh, went to one of his concerts and the rest is history. <laughs> the rest yeah. is four children later, yeah. Rat Karen, and look at all that's happening now. Yeah, exactly. It is history. We'll have to get your mum in one day for a, a longer chat about yeah. that love story, <laughs> transatlantic as well. But here, back to you. You have two sisters and a brother as well and you're all musically talented. The new album, I have a copy with folks here in front of me. You look beautiful, I have to say. Thank Who took you. that picture there for the cover? Um, it's a it's a woman called Lucia O'Connell McCarthy. She's um, a photographer in London, and she came over um, to the west of Ireland to take those shots. They're beautiful. They are Thank beautiful. You. I'd say it was difficult picking the one actually from yeah, the cover, and you're on the back <laughs> as well. Look at that with the local scenery. But back to your family. Your sisters are singing backing on this album. Yeah, they are. They sing. Um, they sing backing vocals on Blackbird and on the Parting Glass and some other ones. Um, but yeah, they're my whole family is very musical and. Um, a part of what makes me love music is the fact that I can just be at home and start singing and one of my sisters will come in and start harmonising and then the other one will build up on it mm. and it's just very organic, very natural it's never been forced or anything like that Now leading up to this album Misha Era, what a song we're talking about there and there's another family member you have to mention here because when you performed Misha Era he spotted you and I, I sort of read from your, from your background that that was a, a seminal moment in your career Yeah, well I recorded Misha era um 
Patrick Hassey wrote the music mm. and um, yeah it was it was for the documentary 1916 on RTE um, and it was just meant to be background music but then it kind of got picked up and a lot of people wanted me to sing it here and there so I sang it at the RTE launch in the National Art Gallery and um, different things like that but then the big one was when I sang it on Centenary for RTE which was live it was a big show with Imelda May um Danny from the Coronas. Yes. Who else was there? Oh, look, Gavin James. I saw it. It yeah. was <laughs> unbelievable. It was a who's who, really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, I mean, it wasn't just singers, it was dancers and mm. actors. And it was very emotional. It was a full weekend of practicing and getting my timings right and um, all that kind of stuff. But nothing could have prepared me for, mm. for the response that I got. It was one of the real highlights of the centenary celebrations back in 2016. And that set you fair, really, uh, to, you know, to move on from, yeah, from there. An EP has been the precursor to this album. Yeah, so, I mean, after Michelle the director of Universal, heard me singing that song. He rang Owen McDermott after he played my song on the radio and asked, like, who is that girl? So I went in for a chat. And so ever since, I've been with Universal Music um, and they've given me the opportunity to do an EP which was in Abbey Road um, it's it's on Spotify and everything like that and now finally the album is out it's called Chabelle It's a, an eclectic mix may I say of music and I was thinking this morning what would I say to you about this album and I've listened to some of the songs on it already mm-hmm. and I want to say this to you something old something new something borrowed but all things you Ah, that's lovely. Thank you so much. And that's what I say about this album. It's absolutely superb. It's a wonderful, wonderful debut. It's called Shebail and it's available at this minute. You can buy it. Golden Discs are stocking it all over the country. Tower Records, of course. If you want the CD like me, do you know what I mean? (laughs) I want the CD. That's what I want. But listen, you were telling me earlier, the big market really is... Streaming. So if people want to listen to it on, you know, their phones, their... They want to have it portable. They want to be able to walk around and listen to it. It is on Spotify and Apple Music and, of course, as well, iTunes. So here's the thing. Streaming, nobody pays you a dime <laughs> for this wonderful album or music. Um, yeah, I mean, every every 100,000 streams, I might get something small. Yes, but yeah. Um, yeah, so it is better if people do want to support to go out and buy the CD or to buy it on iTunes or something like that. Yes. But if people just want to listen, I'm really happy for people to listen <laughs> as well and as just well. stream it. But it's not just, isn't it a, a universal problem for all musicians and yeah, music makers yeah. of how to monetize in today's world their talent? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's hard. It, it puts pressure on people to have to go out and perform live and if you if if you like to record more than you like to perform live it, it might be kind of difficult to make money but um luckily I'm I'm very happy to sing live for, mm. for audiences so in a way it gets you up and gets you going and gets you touring all over the place that's, yeah that's probably the benefit <laughs> and isn't gets that me way? out of college as well. <laughs> oh, no, no 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 the college is very important you know that of I'd course. say your mum has told you that you're studying physiotherapy I am yeah it's very very different from my life as a musician um, I've always loved science and I've always wanted to help people so if, if it ever comes to the point where I have to work um, I think that's where I can see myself UCD is where you are and yeah. you're part of what are you, are you um, what do they call there are you a champion or a mentor for the Irish language what's the word I'm looking for um, we're, we're kind of an ambassador yes is that, got, of, got yes. to it at last at last <laughs> ambassador for Gaelga in UCD um, well yeah it's it's kind of like that so there's 24 of us that 
get a scholarship um so I have the scholarship this year thank god um and we have to um sort of promote the Irish language on campus and do different events speak it to each other every day we all live to with each other and we're all fluent and we all share the same sort of love for the language and want to progress it in any way that we mm. can do you want to hear her sing? I want to hear her sing, but you know what? I want to take a little break beforehand and she's going to just warm up for us here and tune up and you are going to hear the voice of an angel this afternoon, I promise you, on Late Lunch. Shabelle is with me. That's the name of the new album. And after the break, we'll have a little count, but lots of Connor. Stay with us. Shabelle, Aaron, Lone, Janok, and Tronona, Shaw, and Tommy, Anna. How do I say I'm happy? I'm very Sosta, happy. Tommy, oh, Tommy, Anna, Sosta, Erfod. You're going to sing for us. I am, yes. What are you going to sing from this wonderful album? You have so many choices here. What are you going to do? So I'm going to sing Nona Heron. Um, so on the album, there's a full orchestra with me, but I couldn't bring them with me today into this small studio. <laughs> no. So it's just me. So I'm going to sing um, an a cappella version of Nona Heron. Nona Heron. Women of Ireland, in case you're not bilingual in this country. Here she is for your pleasure this afternoon. Shabale. Topan and Yaten, the frog is more No 
Oh my, oh my, you have the most beautiful voice. And I'm only trying to picture that with that orchestra (laughs) in the background. It must be just something else to, to have that behind you and back that up. But alone... It's just magical, may I say. Thank you. Magical. And just back to the album, I did say the, the, the eclectic mix on it because you have Blackbird in there, your version of the Beatles. The first time ever I saw your face. What a yeah. classic song that is as well. You move very easily, may I say, in genres and, you know, times, you know, yeah. going back and to the modern as well. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is that I did start my journey in rock iron with the Shannos and that kind of thing. But as well as that, my mum is from America, as as I mentioned. And um, I mean, that meant growing up with James Taylor and Nora Jones in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. Um, But as well as that, I did study classical music my entire life. So kind of being able to weave in and out of the orchestra is something is is something that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't been able to read music and play the harp and all that kind of stuff um so I think the main thing is is that I've had a lot of different influences and I wouldn't say that I just have a pure Shano's voice it's just it's something it's a voice of its own I like to think um that yeah so it's it depends on what song I'm singing but I'm always gonna sound like me Shabelle I'm just thinking Nora Jones in your kitchen <laughs> I like that thought really what influence you have listen to this coming to us today and there's more on WhatsApp there as well oh my god Jerry, you have an angel doing singing on your radio today says a Aww. listener I think Thank that just you. sums up what we've just heard oh Jerry, what a fabulous young lady you have there and our equally fab mum Diane that comes in from Geraldine and that boy you may know who that <laughs> is today Jerry, where can we buy this music well let me tell you will it be available during the flat look the thing is it won't but you can buy it at Golden Discs and I was saying earlier on Golden Discs are in a lot of Tesco stores now. They have, you know, they do the yeah. music in the stores. So check that out there because I'm sure it will be because it's right high in the charts. Listen to this. It's number one in iTunes since it's released last week. Congratulations to you. And it's charted in the top ten on the mainstream charts as well. Woohoo, you are flying high. Thank you so much. Isn't yeah. it just fantastic news? So for you now from here, we mentioned the travelling and the touring and I'm just looking... Again, reminding people, do you want to hear this young woman? Do you want to go and see her and meet her in person as well? Yes, it's Flakeol Drahada, Saturday week, the 17th, in the Augustinian Church. It's a five o'clock start. And my God, can I recommend that to you? Well, I don't have to. She's recommended it herself here with us on late lunch today. Then you're off to Electric Picnic. I am, yeah. Well done, you. You must be delighted, are you, as a young woman, to be staging there, yeah? Yeah, well, I did it, um, I think, two years ago with Freddie Washpilo. He was in Sing Street, so that was my first experience. But I'll be going back this year. um, And I'll be on Friday, the Friday of Electric Picnic, at the Pobal Gaelach. So I I hope to see a lot of people there. Brilliant. And then the very 
next day you're in the National Concert Hall in Dublin and then off you go, winging it away, way to the other side of the world, Australia for the Zone Out Festival in Sydney, uh, the latter part of September. Yeah, so um, I will be in Sydney in September, so if anybody knows anyone out there, please do tell them to come along. Shabail is coming. <laughs> I would love to see um, as many Irish people there as possible, but it is it is um, a very wide uh, range of people that will be at this festival it's more it's not focused at um irish people but more at, um it's sort of like a wellness sort of festival so yes. th- there'll be yoga um a lot of different music to kind of help calm the soul and nourish the soul <laughs> <laughs> you will sit perfectly in that lineup may Thank i say this is the thing you mentioned you know the international aspect of this mm-hmm. just not australia germany britain europe all over the world What's the appeal? Why does it appeal to so many different nationalities? Because, you know, I mentioned traditional singing to you there, but it has a broad appeal, hasn't it? Yeah, no, that is, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think, I think, I, I don't think that the Irish language is a barrier for people because the songs carry so much emotion and I try myself to, to carry as much emotion as I can when I sing them. And when I did sing them in the studio, I... Even though I, it was my tenth time trying it, I, I really every time I sing, I really am completely within myself and trying to express as much emotion as I can. Um, but as well as that, I suppose music is universal, and yes. if someone likes something, yes. they like it. So, that is so yeah. true. And when it's brilliant, it's brilliant the world over. <laughs> may I say uh, as well? And and you know you move easily. Like saying to you that your Shan knows or your traditional or that. Do you look at yourself as that, or is that in your thoughts at all? Well, growing up, I didn't really see myself as a Shano singer because I mean I did competitions in Shanos, but then an hour later I might just be singing something different with my friends or with my sisters um, but I suppose when I did do Misha Era people started to say oh she's she's there's this new Shano singer and I was thinking oh I suppose I, I suppose I am kind of a Shano singer um, but I think I'm in the middle of a lot of different things I'm not I'm not sure exactly what box I fit into I don't think I do fit into a box I think um, my voice it's, it's something on its own it certainly is. It stands out. It, it it really does. You know, it's been just great to have you with us on the show today, ahead of the flower. You're the first. We're, we're doing a lot here, you know, for me on late lunch as well, uh, with the run into the big week in Drogheda next week. It is the second year, and I'm sure it's going to be another marvellous year in town. And you, of course, are part of it, having grown up as a young child with it as well. May I take this opportunity to wish you well with the future, with your studies, uh, with your music career as well, with the tour that's coming up and your time in Australia, but especially with the new album. It's called Shebel. Here it is. This is the album. You've got to get this album, folks. I tell you, you'll love it, I promise you. And it's available again in the record shops around the country, especially Golden Discs and Tower Records. And iTunes, if you want to download it, pay for it. Go to iTunes. Don't be streaming. Pay for it. <laughs> anyway, Shebel. Gura Mila Mahagat. Kogarjigas. Gura Mila Mila Mahad. Sooner or later, many of us will undergo surgery, minor to major, elective to emergency. Now, my next guest specialises in preparing people for what can be a traumatic life experience, but one that, with Paula Routh's assistance, can be approached and managed, leading to a faster recovery. I'm fascinated, I'm sure you will too, and she's in the hot seat today. Paula Routh, welcome to Late Lunch. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Let me. Can I throw a quote back at you just to start, and we'll okay, take okay. it from there. It's like throwing the ball in at the start of a match. You say the attitude of the patient, the attitude, is as important as the skill of the surgeon. Really? Absolutely, 
Absolutely. When you go into surgery, it's your attitude. If you go in with an attitude and a bodily sense of fear, worry, or that sort of thing, your whole body is going to be uptight and not able to be operated on as easily as someone who is calm and confident and almost leading that surgeon in the team of their healing makes a huge difference. You have many years experienced as a pharmacist, yes. extensive, and you dealt with people before you moved into this particular area. Yeah. Is it from your experience and interacting with people and that, that, that this came, this new aspect to you? Absolutely. Um, and yes, I saw many, many people doing the most they could with what they knew, but there was always a missing part into how they could actually be healthier and heal and heal rapidly. And I was always left with questions. It was probably my own daughter that made me question what I thought I knew everything about. Um, um, and through a series of a couple of things that happened with her, I was like, gee, I don't know it all. I need to go and investigate all this other modalities of healing and training. But And I have done that. And what I really enjoy is neuroscience in that it supports everything. It, it sort of appeals to my geeky uh, pharmacy mind so but it supports everything that I do okay we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of what you do in a moment mm. but I'm just thinking sitting here I have in my life term time heard men and women say to different degrees I've heard people say say wives about their husbands or partners about their partner you know he's not the same person since the surgery or mm. she's not or maybe in the context of childbirth as well she's changed since she had the baby so there is a truism to these sayings absolutely absolutely true um, and it's supported through neuroscience as well because we are more than just heads on legs we are a whole body system and if you impact a piece of that system it's going to have a knock-on effect of the whole lot and we find that we know who we are, and it's a body feeling. It's felt in your gut who you are. So if there's something that impacts that, it's, of course it's going to change who you are and who you identify with and how you feel about that. I mentioned aspects of surgery there in the introduction. You can have minor surgery, which people get over, you know what I mean, minor things. But there are major procedures that many people go through every day. And then, of course, the, the trauma where you don't have an opportunity, you just have to go for it and there's no time to prepare. Yeah. So I take it you are talking about major surgery where there is a run-in time and preparation can happen. If preparation can happen, that's fantastic. But for some people, having a triple bypass is just as major as someone who might have something on their finger that needs taken off. It's it's all relative to the individual. Okay, you're right. So who's to say what's major, what's minor? And for you then, what's the procedure? Where do you become involved and what do you do? Well, for preparation, it's always like the scouts say, be prepared. Um, for preparation, we look at the whole mind body aspect of what's going on. Yes, we take into account the medical aspect and the, um, the view that the medicine has, but underlying all that is what's going on in the mind and body. And so we look at how to use techniques to do deep calm, deep relaxation, but also what's been going on under the radar in the unconscious mind too, how to address fears, phobias, allergies, bits and pieces like that. So you are in tip-top condition going into surgery. 
So information is the first thing that people. Do you, do you find that the people are just not informed as to what's going to happen? Often, yeah, yeah. and often um, mistruths come along, like Auntie So and So says. Yes, oh, listening to and hearsay. Yeah, yeah, those the well-meaning information that comes that you sort of think, oh, gee, that puts fear in your mind. Um, it gets the mind going, which of course makes your body go into a little bit of a fearful mm. state as well you know your heart races and yes. you sort of start making up these things and, and looping around so um, it's all well-meaning but mistruths we look at those um, also from you know Google and there's a lot of information out there are you looking at the right stuff but many people say that they don't get the information from their doctors mm. um, because the doctors don't have time to spend with you to hold your okay, hand. So that's where you come in. And then the understanding of the procedure itself. I know when you meet a surgeon or that, if it's bigger, that they'll generally have a chat with you. Yeah. Do you find, though, you can help in that area with greater understanding? Um, sometimes, depending on what information they have already, yes. Okay, so that's another aspect of it. And then the support. You know, support, I suppose, is the biggest thing. We think of our emotions. Mm. Really grips us, doesn't it? Ahead of. You know, you're going to be put asleep for a time. There's a lot going to happen. You're going to wake up and this is gone or that is gone or something has changed. Some people find that they're afraid of going to sleep. And some people find they're afraid of waking up in a certain state. You know, I'm afraid of waking up in pain or I'm afraid of waking up during the anaesthetic. So it's, it's, it's about putting those fears to rest. And sometimes those fears are a result of a previous trauma. Um, perhaps they don't know why they're scared. But we can have a look around. We don't dig, but we can have a look around and find out what's been going on beforehand that can be cleaned up, which, like a string of pearls, kind of makes unlinks that fear and then makes the whole thing a, a lot easier. And when you do this and have greater preparation, all that we said, information, understanding, support, your expertise as yeah. well, it's proven that beyond the surgery and that, recovery is quicker. And are you involved at that stage? I can be. And a lot of my clients come to me after surgery going, oops, uh, that didn't quite go like I thought it would. Um, now I need some, I've got something to fix. And I think of straight away of um, women with hysterectomy. Um, 18 months later, two years later, they're going, I just can't find my mojo. I'm still in pain. Um, I'm not myself that old I'm not myself I've been reading testimonials to you and people commenting that you've worked with they really are glowing they, people are finding yeah. what you do really helpful it's really satisfying for me it it's so fulfilling be. yeah, yeah. It, it, it really must be um, talk to me about somebody listening today we're talking about people who are facing up to the surgery let's talk about somebody who's been through it mm-hmm. and not picking up and hasn't had this mm-hmm. preparation or whatever can you help there Yes, you can. You can, absolutely. Um, Because an operation involves usually um, a procedure with the nervous system, um, or it involves the nervous system anyway, nerves are going to get cut and things. There's also uh, bodily parts, and we have a lot of our body is involved in who we are. So the gut, for example, is involved in your identity. You never touch your head when you go, I am Jerry, I am Paula. You always touch your gut. I am Jerry or Paula. Um, l- when your heart is involved, a heart surgery, that affects your emotions and it affects your values. And suddenly, you know, what do I really love? And, and 
what am I, what's really important to me anymore? And sometimes that can interfere and you're suddenly not quite sure why it is that you don't value something like you did or why you feel lost in your identity. Why am I so lost and things like that. Also, you know, the change, the loss of a dream for hysterectomy, um, it means the loss of possibly childbearing years or the realisation that really is over. And that can really impact you. It's a real knock between the eyes sometimes. So if we don't prepare, they say in everything in life, in this job, I think preparation is everything in what I do here. It's the same when you're facing a surgery. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does. But we're so used to just being so staunch and walking up to those hospital doors and everyone else does it, so I need to, you know. Mm. But really we're quivering jelly as we (laughs) walk in. But again, back to the point, you really do see results. And and, and that is the important thing to say from the many, many people you have worked with. Besides, you know, the emotional and psychological and and gut issues as well, of course, physicality is a thing as well. I think about weight, you know what I mean? Carrying too much weight going into a a surgery as well. Maybe someone who's a smoker, Mm -hmm. heavy drinker, things like that. Things that we can work on ourselves. Do they come into play? Do you? They can do if if the client really wants to work with that. And for, um, like, for smoking, what's so important to you about smoking that you want to keep smoking? And what's important? important to you that you actually want to stop now so it it works at more more than the wow you got to stop smoking it's it's really who are you that you need to stop smoking Mm. but uh, weight is something obviously you hear about the obesity epidemic we have and ireland is particularly um, a bad example in european Mm. and probably world terms as well i I think it's taken as read that weight is an issue with surgeries for a lot of people if there's too much yeah procedures don't happen yeah, that yes, that does put it off. So weight weight is a really interesting one. It's not really just the food intake and the energy expenditure. There's a lot of weight issues that go on that go under the unconscious radar and influence how your body protects itself. Mm. People worry about pain post-operative. You, you mentioned a couple of moments ago, I'm thinking about pain, you know, that there can be blood loss there as well. Yeah. Uh, the recovery period. They think about the family situation, you know, getting back yeah. to family. Yeah. You're off work. What am I going to do? Are those factors that come in, you know, just that I'm thinking of, do you come across those? Well, there's pl- so many people who are busy and they have jobs that they've got to be there and they've got deadlines to make. They haven't actually got time to recover And, you know, if you give yourself a week to recover, you're probably not going to recover as well as if you knew you had three weeks coming up to recover or six weeks or whatever you were going to take. So going into the operation beforehand in a calming, confident state actually gives the surgeon, uh, you, a body, to operate on that is calm and confident while you're going through that uh, surgery. And... As a result, there's less blood loss because your body isn't in a state of fight or flight. It's in a state of recuperation and repair. Um, And now that all comes down to the neuroscience part, the polyvagal theory, where you have a vagal nerve which runs right through your body. And if your vagal nerve is, um, is kind of dampened down and you've got your foot on the accelerator instead, you're running for the hills. So all your energy goes into your the big muscles and lungs so you, and heart so you can run, rest 
and repair requires the vagal nerve to be calmed down so that all the energy goes to your gut for immune system so you have less infection. Um, your gut creates a lot of those neurochemicals which go to your head, the serotonin, that's that's involved in depression, they think. Um, and it's all about having a happy gut, a rested, a whole rested body that is not really in a state of hypervigilance and ready to run away. Instead, it's like, I'm here and I'm healing. You work with women extensively, and men, of course, everybody, uh, pre and uh, during and after uh, surgery. But just come back for a moment to childbirth and maybe somebody who has a trauma there and, you know, is out the other side of it and has been struggling. Again, just to say, that is an aspect of your work. Yes. It is. It is. And, my goodness, there's so many women who have not had um, even just an average experience of childbirth. They've had an awful one. Like something like forty percent of women have had a negative or very negative expensive experience of childbirth, and how that affects the them physically it, it manifests as physical problems um unexplained back pain um damage down there that is just not healing mm. um but also it affects your mojo, it affects your frame of mind, and you're you're just trying to hold it together and and you, but you're actually operating from a state of trauma, that fight or flight, where you just might fly off the handle or burst into tears instead of just responding like you had done before. You're in all part of of the trauma. Yeah. Before we finish, that beautiful accent <laughs> is from the other side of the world. We had an Australian here a little earlier on with Shabale. But your neighbour, your neighbour, I, I won't get this wrong, I'm we not going to insult you. You're from New Zealand. I am from what, New what, Zealand. How long are you here in Ireland? What took I've you here? I've been here for three and a half years. Right, and what took you to Ireland? Um, my heart brought me over. <laughs> I, met a, I met a Dubliner and I met him um, over here. We did a long distance relationship for a couple of years and then I've moved over. So you're here, and that's here. it. That man is keeping you here for the <laughs> yeah. moment. I've never met somebody that, you know, does this type of work, to be honest with you, be- before, you know, as a surgery coach for people. Really interesting, and that's why I wanted to have a chat with you on the show this afternoon. Mm. How do people find out more about Paula Rath? Probably the best way is to go to my website. It's um, paularalph.com. Very simple. R-A-L-P-H is the surname, paula.com, and you'll get more information yes. there. I thank you for joining well, me today. You. You're doing really important work. Thank and you. best wishes to you. Thank, thank you, Paula. Yes, Backstreet Boys on late lunch this Wednesday afternoon, released in April 1999. It was the single, the first single, the lead single from their third album, Millennium, and it charted at number one in the UK. Lovely, lovely song. I want it that way from the Backstreet Boys. And there's a man wants it his way, or is it the other way round, Louise? The lottery want to do it their way. Tell us the story. No, it's a nice story, Jerry. Mind you, if you won the lottery, would you prefer a chunk of three points? 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Six million or would you prefer to get it in installments? I'd prefer that they give me a lump sum first, right? To go mad And then it. drip feed the rest. <laughs> I, I, could, I, could I do that? I don't know. Don't know. Would you be trusted with it? Would you just go mad anyway. <laughs> no, I you. I couldn't be trusted because no, you know me. I'm a nil pulse buyer. I'm absolutely the, the food worst. Food should be full in two minutes. Yeah. Do you know the thing about money, Louise? Here's the thing about money that I've lived and learned. When you have money, it's great. But you do, in a way, unless you're cute and from certain counties in Ireland mm. and of a disposition and faith or something, mind mice are a crossroads. Money's a problem if you have lots of it. And it's another problem if you have none of it. You know what I mean? So what we're looking for is the middle path. And I think that's a nice place Just to enough. Be. Yeah, well, that's, just that, enough. that's it. But anyway, this story is very interesting because it has a link with Dundalk. It has. His name is Dean Wames and he's 24. Now, he's originally from Dublin and he's now living in uh, the UK. Uh, he studied in Dundalk IT, we believe, in uh, film. And he's just won the jackpot winning 10,000 a month for the next 30 years. It's a new lotto game in the UK where it's called Set for Life. So you don't get it all at once. You just get X amount per month for 30 years. 10,000 a month is 100,000 for 10 months, right? How many years? 30. 30. The total's 3.9 million. That's what he's going to get? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? And he's go- said he's going to spend it all on his family who live in Westmead. Ah, good man yourself. So this is actually, when you play this game, you're telling me, Mm. you sign up to that condition. Yeah, it's called set for life, seemingly. So rather than... The big jackpot. Yeah, because you know the way certain people can't handle getting it and, you know, they lose it all at once and then they get depression or whatever. But this Mm. is just X amount. It drips it out. Yeah. Wouldn't it be just great? Yeah, it's a nice way to do it, I think, isn't it? 10,000. I wouldn't say no to winning it all in one chunk either, Ah, but it is a nicer way. It is. It's more manageable, I think. And and I think that's another way. They could put a little term in there. They could give you half a million, do you know what I mean? And drip the other two and a half or whatever over the time. Uh, Just a suggestion. But anyway, he's the first winner, is he, of it? Or is the first Irish-connected winner of it? Uh, I think think it's only... um, The game has only started. New. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
very yeah. interesting. So now he's going wants to now he's given up his job on Amazon and he wants to uh, pursue his dream of becoming a movie scriptwriter. Well, why wouldn't Learned you when you Dundalk. have a few million in your arse pocket? It's right, and all picked up at DKIT, wonderful, wonderful college. And we're going to be talking about education after the leaving cert and adult education next in our regular feature this week with the Loudmead Education and Training Board. That's come after half past two, the 9th of August. Take note of the date, the 9th of August. Did anything special happen in your life on the 9th of August, Louise, last night? Thank you to everybody. That was amazing. The amount of people who've responded to us and we're working away on that. Friday, don't miss late lunch Friday. The 9th of August is a very special day for yours truly. I won't tell you why, but I will reveal all on Friday. And we just put it out there. Did anything happen in your life on the 9th of August? You can still get in touch with us. Check out the LMFM Facebook page. You'll see me owl image there and me asking the question about it. If the 9th of August is special to you, the 9th of August, it's this Friday is the 9th of August. Let me know. It's very special to me and you'll find out why on late lunch. Right from the top of the show on Friday. I'll leave it with you. It's the LMETB post-leaving cert next on late lunch. No need to remind you, next Tuesday is the day. The die is cast, the results are out. What am I talking about? Leaving Sir 2019. And each day this week, we are working with the wonderful people from the Loudmead Education and Training Board on features for students and on adult education and the alternatives to going to third level college. But we're, we're talking about college as well, but other alternatives also. Today, I'm joined on late lunch by a man who's going to be really busy between now and next Tuesday. He's always busy, I should say. It's John Halpin, he's principal of St. Oliver's Community College. And we're joined by two young women who stood at the gate this time last year, shaking, wondering what they got in their results in the Leaving Cert. Emma Loughran and Aoife Halpin are with us as well. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. John, if I could start with yourself. First up this year, there are there's changes. They're always tweaking with the exams. But you, I remember you in here telling us about when there were major changes from the A grades to the numbers. Yeah. What's happened this year, John? Well, this year, uh, the, that's been well embedded now uh, for our students and uh, they know about it. Um, uh, but the, the whole process now that takes place after the results is a lot tighter than it was. The appeal process is, is, is much tighter. The, there's a shorter period in which they can view scripts, they can uh, uh, request uh, uh, appeals and they'll get the results much quicker. Uh, so that's be a big change. But well, time was that brought on by that young one who challenged? Absolutely, it was. <laughs> and, Student and so. power. I love it. But look, it's good. It, it's, I'm sure you welcome it, do you? Very much so. Very much so that, uh, that uh, people shouldn't lose out on courses that they, that they deserve to get um, uh, and they get the results for it. And because of a, a mistake that happened in the paper, then it shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't deter them from achieving what they want to achieve. Just talk about the A's versus the 1, 2, 3's again, sure. ABC's, because a lot of listeners, including myself, would be very <laughs> familiar with that. Uh, and, you know, these new grades came in. You know the way D was a pass and below that you failed it's yeah. one to eight now what's the difference well they're, they're, it's a bit simpler Jerry in that um, the uh, grades are grade one is 90% to 100% uh, grade two is 80 to 90 so it's, it works its way down like that in, in, in 10 increments so it's a little bit easier to understand 
uh, the the last grade, the grade eight, is is the one that uh, uh, we regard as, as as probably not meeting the standard. Um, okay, but all of the numbers would say you, you do seven and up. Yeah, absolutely. God, that okay. is far simpler, isn't it? Uh, it is simpler, yeah, and and it's and it's to the benefit of the student as well that uh, you, what you're doing at, at the end of the day is rewarding excellence, mm. and uh, uh, they should get degrees of rewarding excellence as well. And uh, having gone through the leaving cert, uh, there shouldn't really be a sense of failure out of it. Mm. Now. The, the tension is building and we'll talk to the two young women here to relay to us how they were feeling this time last year but you experienced it with uh, thousands of students over the years um, what happens on next Tuesday how are the results disseminated um, on next Tuesday uh, the schools will be allowed to, are allowed to collect the results uh, usually early in the morning and uh, do a little bit of processing then and usually around 10 o'clock in the morning results are, are ready and available for students they can also access them online uh, as well they have a PIN number that, that they can use to access their results themselves online but most people like to come in and get the the physical piece of paper to, to say that uh, it has worked for them and it does work for most of them it's like the election count. That electronic thing never worked out. Go into the school and meet your friends. And well, what am I saying? I'll find out in a minute from the, from the girls. But I know what you're saying. It's nice to come in and compare notes and, and see how you did. You know this build up to it and, and the pressure with it. What do you say to parents listening today who have students who are getting anxious or students themselves? Yeah. Well, what I say to parents is, uh, at this particular point is um, to take a bigger picture view on it and be proud of your of your children and our students that they, they have achieved, they have got to this stage. For some students, it'll be an achievement to actually get to do the Leaving Cert. For others, it'll be a celebration that they're going to do the courses that they want to do. Uh, for some others as well, then they'll have to deal with uh, some of the disappointments that, that may arise. Uh, and uh, But there are much more options now than there was before, and uh, I'm glad to say. You learn in life that disappointment is a regular feature in this life and it's something we all have to deal with. And and this is one aspect of life that has to be dealt with as well. You know that well. It is. It is. Uh, Dealing with disappointment is is a factor and a a feature of life for us all. Um, But uh, for Leaving Cert, I don't really see uh, that once you get over the initial part of it and uh, it is okay to feel uh, that uh, it didn't quite go your way. Um, but there are, but there are lots of uh, possibilities out there now that they weren't there before, and uh, there are lots of opportunities out there that uh, uh, that will uh, come on stream over the coming years as well. So um, I'd encourage parents to to, um, uh, to support their children um, uh, at the very outset, even before results. Just say how proud you are of them that they've actually got to this stage and they've got their leaving cert and they're going to get the leaving cert. And that in itself is a fantastic achievement. They've got through the teenage years in most cases. Yes. And uh, that's a fantastic achievement. It in really itself. is. And, and that needs to be said. Now, you had a star man. And I remember the day you came here with him when the results came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Jack Sinnott, he topped the pops in Ireland. He was number one in the country. He Just was. a quick one before I have a chat with the girls. Yeah. Is there anyone of Jack's ilk, do you think, in your stable this I- year? I have a sneaky suspicion that we're, that oh. we're going to have a spectacular result on oh. this, at least one. Watch but, uh, this space. But we, we will have, and I'm very confident we will have, uh, like we had last year, um, uh, uh, dozens of students who will achieve very well, uh, who will score over 500 points. That's the tradition we have, and we've built on that. And uh, I, I'm, I, you'll be very confident. <laughs> when you see them in action, you sort of see how good they are, yes. they are and how hard they work. And yeah. you know that it's going to be just a, a recognition of that. Great. We wish them all well. And remember, points, points mean one thing. Yes, it does mean uh, getting what you want. But, you know, there are many people, and you know this, John, just before I finish, 
that points meant nothing to you and in life today look at them yeah. you know that's the reality oh very much so it's, yeah. uh, the, the, the roots are open up, up again as well for, for everybody yeah. uh, and university courses college courses are, are uh, now more general that they they go in and then they can specialise when they when they get there uh, it's um, uh, but also you've got the opening up of the, the whole area of the world of work and apprenticeships um, yes. which are not like the traditional apprenticeships that we, we would have known but mm. uh, uh, it's a really exciting development it is and that's what we are talking about as part of this feature each day on the show this week. Thank you, John. Let's have a chat with Emma Lochran. Uh, Emma, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Good to see you. Tell us a bit about yourself and uh, where did you go to school? I went to Green Hills, uh, the all-girls school. Okay, and did your leaving start last Last year? Last year, yeah. Do you remember these days? Or did you think it... No, come on, be honest with me. (laughs) Tell me the truth. Did you think a whit about it until the day of the results or were you anticipating? Uh, Yeah, we were all, like, up to high dough in the classroom. Every single group chat was flying. Like, there was no... Like, you'd be coming out of one, going into the other. Everyone was on the same page. Everyone was absolutely crying for the day to come. So here we are. You see, this Mm -hmm. is social media. That's where all the action is happening now, isn't it? And that's what will be happening today and these days on the run in again. That was even worse because you'd come home and the, your parents would say, yeah, yeah, it's going to come, it'll go. But there was no going when you were on social media. It was always there, like the results, the results. So that was probably the worst part about it. What did you do? We heard John a moment ago. Did mm. you go online to get them no. or did you go to the school? I went down to the school. Would you yeah. recommend that? Definitely, because then you can see your friends and you maybe open them with your friends or not. But I didn't open them with my friends. I waited till I went home and then we all went out afterwards. So yeah. how did you do that? You left the envelope closed. Oh, I couldn't, no. And walked all the way home? Yeah. Oh, I'll be the japers. I'd have it ripped in minutes. I couldn't hold me water, never mind anything else. Fair juice yeah. to you. No, I didn't know if I wanted to open it up. That was a big thing. <laughs> when you did open yeah. it, were you alone or in the company of anyone? No, I was with my mum and dad, yeah. It's okay, you yeah. open it. Yeah. What was your reaction when you opened it? I didn't fail anything, which was great. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and that is... Yeah, well done. Itself, that yeah. is great in Thanks. itself. So when you looked at then, that's the, that's the results. Then you have mm-hmm. to equate that with your CAO yeah. that you done. What happened there? How did you work out with the CAO? So we had in the back of our journal, say, the old grades against the new grades. And then above that, we had the points that it was equal to. So I just got a scrap page and I wrote down what I got. And then I was just waiting to, I went then on to CAO and I saw what my, because I wanted to go to Cork last year. So I saw what it was last year. And then I was like, oh, I might be a bit sure. So I just waited to CAO because there was nothing else I could do about it so okay and your aim was to do law yeah that was what you wanted to do that was it yeah I'd say you were a good debater in your Mm, day you know law people (laughs) sharp mind fast all that type of thing as well so how did it work out then ultimately what happened with the points when they came out in the CAO in your grades where where did you end up so I applied to Diffie earlier in the year and I had my interview and all and I got word I think it was maybe a month or two later that I got into Diffie so even before going into the leaving sir I knew that I could go to Diffie you had that place yeah I had that place so it did take an awful lot of the stress off yourself so it was grand for me that's a nice little piece of advice as well isn't it as a Mm. fallback and what course in Diffie the pre-university law okay so you were sorted one way the other. Yeah. And that's where you've been the last, the last year. year. You yeah. did your year there. Yeah. Where are you off to now? Uh, Dundee to Scotland. 
Yeah. Dundee, <laughs> an independent country soon. <laughs> oh God, I better not say that. Might offend a few people, but you never know. Anyway, Dundee, you're yeah. going to, to and to f- formally do your degree over yeah, there. Yeah, to do criminology. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Just to tell you, there's two football clubs in the city: Dundee FC and Dundee United. So okay. take your pick. <laughs> Don't walk into that one when you go over. Anyway, uh, have your things sorted? Accommodation, yeah, all that. I've got my student accommodation now, and I'm moving all my stuff over the end of the month. It's only a short hop, isn't it? It It is. It really is. It's not that far away. So how many years over there? Four years. And when you complete over there, that qualification, what do you you intend? Staying over there and then trying to get into practice and you have to do more than the degree, of course, to to qualify. Well, it will be an honours degree. So, yeah, it's a four years honours degree. Okay, great. Yeah. But uh, coming out of it, you could work in prisons and work directly with the criminals or you could go to young offenders or that. But I've always wanted to be a guard. So... Have you? Yeah. And you're going to have this degree in your back yeah, pocket? Hopefully, anyway, yeah. God, I'll tell you, there'll be no pulling the wool over your eyes when you take the book out in the future. So what will you do? Will you will you apply for that afterwards then? Well, I've already I've applied to the guards, so I got my number, but should they only take in 900 or that at yes. a time? So I'll wait until my number comes up and see where I am then. Mm, isn't yeah. that interesting? <laughs> it really is. Oh, do you all have things well sussed out? You're Thanks. sharp. You're on the ball, let me say, Emma Lockhart. Want to take a shot? break Eva Halpins waiting by to tell us what she did when she got her leaving set results and we'll talk to Eva after this short break ahead of the big day next Tuesday once again this year on late lunch we're working with the people from the Loudmead Education and Training Board features on leaving cert result day and post leaving cert and the options Aoife Halpin, you're very, very welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. I'll go back to you as well. We heard uh, a moment ago what Emma had to say in her experience of the day. Did you do anything different? Where did you go to school? St. Oliver's. So your dad is here. Yes. We, have to, we, have, we have to give the game up here. Yes, we've been talking to our daddy sitting here beside us. Do you feel more pressure with him here? I don't know. <laughs> a little. Anyway, you went to St. Oliver's, wonderful mm-hmm. school. Firstly, you are, I want to tell listeners, doing primary teaching now in DCU. Is that what you always wanted to do? Not what I always wanted to do, but having done work experience in TY, I did it in a crash and I did peer ed as well in the school. So that kind of helped me to make my mind up by teaching. Isn't that interesting? So you found transition year very important to you in in guiding you for the future. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this and you do your CEO and all that. Mm-hmm. Come back again. Remember? Do you remember the day of the results? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. Oh, God. I remember it well. Was it like that? Did you feel pressure? Yes, definitely. My nerves were through the roof. Were they? <laughs> yeah. Really? And and like uh, your colleague here, or your fellow Leaving Cert mm-hmm. student from last year, Emma, were you in online and chit-chatting with people? Did you do oh, much of that? Yeah, yeah. Everyone talking about the results the whole time. Yeah. The nerves. I'd love, to, I'd love to dip in on that. I'm just oh. sitting here thinking, man. Have a look at what you're on about in there. Did you go to the school? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Did this man hand you results on what happened? Oh, I couldn't open them. It's the same as Emma. I had to wait until everybody else was gone. Did you? Yeah. So you held on to the man. I did. Is that a general type of thing with a lot of students, or do some just rip it open well, there? Some people it? I know just open them straight away, but I couldn't. Bang! <laughs> yeah. There you go. So you held back as well. I did. Yeah. And when you opened that envelope, uh, alone or with with dad or with somebody else? I was with my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Was he doing? No, had he no. done the exam? He was not doing the exam the same no. as you. Okay. 
So you open it. Yeah. Happy? Oh, definitely the relief. Delighted. Yeah. And did you have a feeling then that you were okay? You were set fair to get what you wanted? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I felt happy. But you still had to wait for the CEO point yeah. stay. There's a little nervous yeah. time oh, in there as yeah. well, isn't there? Yeah. Oh. So did you get your first choice? Did you get, was I did. teacher training yes. in Pats? So yes. uh, do you commute or do you stay up there? Yeah, what do you do? I commute on the bus up and down every day. Yeah, it is handy. It's a yes. cost of accommodation in Dublin. It's How ridiculous. would you stay there? Yeah. You'd want to win the lot like that young fellow we were talking about a minute ago that's getting <laughs> 10,000 a month for 30 years. You'd nearly need that to be a student in Ireland today right. and go <laughs> and, and live in Dublin. Um, what's it been like? What's the year been like for you? It's great, yeah, it's very different to school, you know. But, in what um, way? The well, year, it's all based on your own responsibility. Like you, in school, the teachers might give you the notes and keep a careful eye on you. But in college, it's up to you, like to be your own independent. So self. you would send that message out today to others, yes, and to parents <laughs> listening today. Yes. Nobody will be running after no, you. It's up to you. If you don't yeah. do it, that's it. I mean, <laughs> you're gone. It's up to you. Yeah. yeah. But I'd say you're a diligent student. Maybe I suppose so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how do you, have you had your first year results yet? Uh, yes. Is that done? Yeah, yes. and you're Happy you're moving enough, on yeah. into Grand, second year. Yeah. How long is this course? Four years. Okay, yes. so you have, a, and ultimately, then you will be looking for a placement in a school at that stage. Yes, yes, hopefully. <laughs> I think you make a real good teacher. I oh, think thank you very much. <laughs> be nice and uh, with with the guys in the class. I want to come back to you for a second on this one uh, for a moment, Emma. Just to, to that uh, and the year in Diffie as well in your your course, which prepared you for where you yeah. always wanted to go. Did you find the same as Eva that? you know again it's just you and nobody else yeah definitely like you're handed your brief and yeah the lecturers go through it with you but at the end of the day like you need to go home and sit in front of your laptop and start like they're not going to come home and help you like it's up to you at the end of the day they give you all the resources like the library and the books but it's up to you mm. yeah. and this course in Diffie a great grounding for you to where you're going obviously opened the door up for you as oh, well to have that yeah. because uh, you know more so what you want to do because you're more motivated and then the career service that's available in Diffie or in Ali PLC course in college it's just more directed to what you want to do so the career guidance counsellor okay. can help okay and you guys just I take it from there were the first year of the new grades last year yeah. where yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was new for you this is the second year bedded in the flat this happened during the flat last year yeah. or was it or wasn't it I can't yeah. remember if it was was we, it well the results yes they were I'm getting a yeah. nod from the, from, yeah. the, from the viewing gallery we got gallery. The results on the Wednesday and okay. there was a grad on the Monday so okay. it was like a four day thing I'm <laughs> just thinking back to the boss of St. Oliver's for a moment <laughs> and I'm sure you're, you're thinking of this John Halpin yourself <laughs> with the flower on and the results coming out and the celebrations yep. it's quite a mix isn't it Oh yeah, it's great. It's great to have it. Let's um, <laughs> say, say the opportunity to celebrate. It's a good way to celebrate. Actually, is just uh, join your family, bring, yeah. uh, come down to the flat, uh, spend an evening there. It's a good. It would be a really good way to celebrate leaving certain results mm. uh, and celebrate with your family. It's very yeah. important. And, and just back to you, Eva. Was that the way it happened for yourself? Was it? Was yes. it a family celebration? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we went down to the flat. That's all. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, <laughs> too, so yeah, yeah. Because it, it can get a little out of kilter, you know, and that's what we don't look. We want to celebrate, but yeah. celebrate and within reason, you know. Enjoy yourself, of course, but take care because it's a it's a very important time and it's the start of a new chapter in your lives. Looking back, when you sit here today and you look back, you know, at yeah. both your times in the in the school and that as well. What are your thoughts? You know, with making that transition. 
the results will come and go like it's one day like it will come and go and you'll get what you want because it's mm. going to pass mm. <laughs> Yeah, the same. I mean, once it's over, it's over. <laughs> when it's done, it's done. That yeah. that really is yeah. it. So back to, before we finish, to uh, John, the principal of St. Oliver's. Is, is it exciting for, for you as the principal? And, you know, you'll have teachers there and staff on the day as well. Mm, very much so. It's a, it's a culmination of, of five or six years of work. And we've done as much as we possibly can. And we're very proud of our students and the, and the work they've done. And we take the opportunity to celebrate with them and say, yeah, well done. It's, it's, it's a great achievement. And it is. It is a great achievement for everybody. Well, it won't be long now till Tuesday. Congratulations to both of you again on starting out on a new chapter of your lives. Continued success to you with your teacher training in Dublin, in Dundee as well for yourself. Good luck to you both. Thank you for joining us today to give us a feel for what it's like and to set people up with some thoughts from yourselves from last year. And good luck to you, John Halpin, Principal of St. Oliver's, and to all your students next year. And all the students in the North East around all the schools and colleges, good luck to you all next week. And do your best and that will be it when you open the envelope what's done is done lots of opportunities beyond back tomorrow with another feature on education post leaving cert and adult with the people from LMETB but for the moment I want to say a big thank you to John Halpin Principal of St Oliver's Community College and Emma Loughran and Eva Halpin thank you all for joining me certainly a greater contingent of Dundalk fans in Slovakia for the big game tonight in the Europa League than were in Quarabag last week naturally a big difference in distance and travel etc and Adrian Taff is there for us he'll be bringing you the game live this evening and we'll be talking to him in a few moments but earlier today he's been out and about mingling with the Lily White supporters and he began with Jerry King who's a well-known club volunteer and Jerry yes in fine fettle this morning oh yeah it's great to get away with the club and it's great that the club is doing so well and hopefully today uh, we'll get a result these boys are supposed to have lost a manager three weeks ago so hopefully they'll be on the back foot I know they won last week but hopefully we'll do well and with Linfield last night uh, beating the team that bet these boys uh, a couple of weeks ago so hopefully we'll, we'll do well You've been on plenty of these away trips Jerry. I've seen you over the last uh, few years um, how do you think this team compares to some of the teams that the Dock uh, beat in 2016 for instance uh, I don't know a lot about this this club but uh, I'm hoping I think the motivation's there for the players uh, the owners too want us to get into the rounds proper and hopefully uh, we'll do it today a bit of luck too we need a wee bit of luck we, uh, in the last couple of years we've been lucky with uh, silly goals and hopefully we'll do it this year you know have you had a look around Bratislava I did we done the tour yesterday and I have to say it's a lovely city Uh it's cheap too, we find it fairly cheap. Uh, it's a place I wouldn't normally have picked, but uh, it was lovely, I have to say, and the and company's very good as well. So, all in all, great trip. And the, the dog supporters, are always they're always in good spirits on these trips? Yeah, yeah, and they're a good crowd, you know, and there's no hassle or trouble or anything, and it's well organised by Martin Conley in fairness and the club, everything's laid on for us, tickets, everything, and it's great. You're, this, you're back on these trips. You, you were ill recently, Jerry, so you, you can really appreciate trips yeah. like this now, can't you? Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I went in for open heart surgery about uh, nine weeks ago. I was hoping to go to Baku, but 
Uh, Dave Connolly, the doctor, club doctor, is my doctor, and he said no. So I'm um, delighted to be back, delighted to be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you're fully, rec- you're, you're, you're well on the way to recovery anyway. I am, yeah, thank God, yeah. And I have to say, between the players and the management and everything, I got lovely texts from everybody, and yourself included, uh, wishing me all the best. So I appreciate all that. Thank you very much. That's it. And, and as you say, you really do value these trips and, and the time away with, with the team that you love as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And people you love too, yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's, been, it's been a roller coaster because about six years ago I got involved on the board with Dundalk, a Save Our Club. And uh, as everybody will be aware, there wasn't a lot of money about it. And then Andy and Paul came in, which was brilliant. And uh, it's just moved to another level. And I suppose it'll move on, you know. So, yeah. so prediction for today? Uh, Last week I'd done a bet in Dundalk, which I don't normally do, and I think it was the kiss of death. So, uh, I think, a wee bit of luck, I think it'll be one, maybe one nil, hopefully for us. You think Dundalk, uh, like, they haven't looked like score, well, they certainly didn't look like scoring last week against no. Carabag, but they were a team of a very different level, in fairness. I, I think to the setup we had in the last game, uh, Sean, who, who, who I like playing, I don't think it worked for us. I, th- I don't think him in the middle works. Uh, I would prefer John Mountney maybe in the middle, you know. So if everybody intends to get up, turns up, we'll have a great game. Gary Hapney. From? Originally from Ardy, living in Low Village, the last 20 years agent. There's a big connection between Ardy and Dundalk, isn't there? I think so, yeah. A lot, a lot of fans there. Uh, are travelling now to up and down Park there, yeah. I know there's a good few now, but I'm travelling since I was five at my dad, uh, up and down, and moved to Low Village, met a few people from Low Village and hooked up with them and it's kicked on from that. This isn't your first Euro trip, I know that, because I think I've seen you on other ones, but it's a first for your son. You've brought yeah. your son with you for the first one. Kyle's here for the first, um, first trip, yeah, yeah, and uh, he's enjoying it immensely. I've been on a, several of them uh, uh, today, it's like, but uh, yeah, he's enjoying it uh, as we speak. I suspect that having your son along changes the trip for you a little bit somewhat. Yeah, well, a little bit, Adrian, yeah. like, you know, you just can't um, do what we used to do, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, well, look at you, you, you have to, you have to put, him, put him in front of uh, some names of, of, of enjoying yourself a bit more. I always think that football trips and being involved or having an association with a football club, it uh, really opens the mind in some respects because you get to visit, visit so many countries and that really does, as they say, expand the mind. Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've seen some amazing countries now um, in the last five, six seasons, like from Israel to Iceland to Norway to oh, etc. You know, so we, we've seen some brilliant br- brilliant places like, and hopefully many more to come. Any of them stand out for you? Uh, yeah... I'd say Israel has been probably uh, my favourite. Like you know, amazing city, amazing country, beautiful beaches, etc. And we had a marvellous time there. Yeah. Uh, what about the game tonight? What do you What do you think? Again, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the for the right result. Like you know, if you'd ask me as you are, like uh, I'd, I'd I'd definitely take a little one one. But obviously, we're here to win. We're here to score, and hopefully, we can we can do that and take it back to Tala. Bernard Benogray. Benogray, I've heard you refer to it. This is the first time I've heard the name Bernard. It's been away. Everybody calls you Benogray. Yeah, everybody calls me Benogray, yeah. And where are you, where are you from? Uh, farm Drag in the dog. Right, okay. And this is your first trip with the dog, or have you no, been on any? No, this uh, one of uh, many. And when did that sort of, when did the uh, Odyssey into Europe start for you? Uh, well, it started uh, after I retired out of Eccles, so I decided to start travelling around with the dog. So I've seen a brave few countries now uh, with a dog. Hope it continues. How long ago was that that you started? Uh, well, before Stephen Kenny took over, and well, the first game with, uh, I ever seen a dog playing was just after 1957. Uh, that was, you don't look old enough, then. I am <laughs> uh, 71 next, about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, I've seen all the great teams in the Orient. But uh, this team is a good team. And how have you found Bratislava? Uh, very good. Uh, very modern city now. Very modern city. Everything is top-notch. Brilliant. We'd come back uh, on the weekend again. By Does it compare with the town? Uh, nothing compares with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The dog. No. The dog down hometown to the heart. Yeah, what about the game then tomorrow night? Or tonight, uh, rather? Tonight, well, I hope we get a 2-0 win mm-hmm. and get them back to Tala and finish the job off, then on to Greece. Jeez, you have it all planned. Have you booked oh, the yeah. flight to Greece already? Uh, I have a plan to have it built. <laughs> well, look, let's hope it uh, goes according to plan tonight uh, yeah. for Dundalk and that uh, they're taking up that place in the playoff round. Well, hopefully... Uh, Passports up to date, I can go anyway. <laughs> Listen, anyone you want to say hello to at home? Uh, just all the family, if they're all listed in, wish them all the best. Good man, Bino. He has it all sorted, Adrian Taff, for sure. Yes, he certainly does. <laughs> yeah, no messing with him. He's no sad. Thanks, who uh, he has his passport all ready to go. He has indeed. He even has the tie sorted out that Ajax are going to beat the Cypriots and that <laughs> Dundalk are going to win this and head for Cyprus. God, if only life were so simple. Look, and I have to say, again, listening to the fans, and I did listen to them last week in Carabag, and they're always upbeat. Like last week turned out, you know, there was a difference in class between the sides. But when you see what Linfield did last night, you know, they won away 2-1. This is realistic this time, that Dundalk can bring the tie back. Yeah, I think so. I think there's um, I think there's an optimism around the Dundalk supporters and around just the football community, I think, in Ireland generally, that this is a game that's within reach for, our, for uh, Dundalk. Certainly when I think people are comparing it to 2016 and the calibre of team that Dundalk accounted for. Uh, that season, and uh, this certainly would be within you know reach of teams like uh, Te- Maccabi Tel Aviv, who Dundalk beat, and Alkmaar, who they uh, drew it over in Alkmaar, and you know, so I, I think people are fairly positive about this one. Now, whether that positivity is rooted in real realism, I'm not too sure. You, when you consider that the caliber of player that uh, Bratislava have, you know, their 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 top striker Sporar has got 29 goals from last season in the league cost two million you know and mm. they have another couple of players that cost just south of, of a million as well you know so like there's the sort of figures that Dundalk supporters or Dundalk football club can only dream of you know but um, but look they're not all the word is that they're not in a particularly great place they're unbeaten it's the start of their season they're unbeaten in the league they've won all the games in the league uh, but they got knocked out in the early rounds of the in the first uh, qualifying round of the Champions League by Sujetska and uh the, the feeling is that they're not in a great place. They're on the third, they're a third manager in the last three or four weeks. They um, sacked their original manager, their long-term manager, after that defeat in the first qualifying round of the Champions League. Then put in a, a, a temporary manager and he subsequently has been removed and now they're on their second uh, caretaker manager at the moment. Well, when you counter that into the equation it's interesting indeed instability behind the scenes again it's just yeah, and the supporters too Jerry. the supporters are very restless as well apparently uh, like even in the last match against Ferran Kelly which they were winning at half time there was booze as they left the pitch as well not happy with the with the uh, quality of football that they're seeing and the style of play that they're seeing as well so uh, it does the, all the suggestion is that it's not an entirely happy 
happy place and maybe that's something Dundalk can capitalise on you know what are they expecting tonight this is a, a, a new arena that they've moved to recently 22,500 capacity full or part full or with the discontent what uh, I, I'm not sure that the discontent in particular will have an effect on the attendance but I think they're expecting certainly the word is that there's north of 8,000 tickets sold uh, already at this stage so we did expect it to be half full or so as you said 22,500 it's a magnificent arena absolutely fabulous we were in it yesterday for the uh, press conference and it's, it really is a, a real treat now for the players and the supporters to uh, get to enjoy a game of football in it um, but yeah we're expecting over 8,000 people there as regards to dock supporters uh, it certainly won't be as small uh, in terms of numbers uh, compare, like uh, as it was in Baku which was mm. I think 14 supporters and it won't be as big as Riga where there was around about 300 uh, I'd be just gauging on the numbers around town when I've been inside in the town I would say around 100 and dark supporters yeah. might be the figure but yeah. it's very hard to gauge at this stage you know mm. I think it turn, it's very accessible uh, Bratislava but uh, I think the prices jumped very quickly for people mm. um, as soon as the draw was known and uh, just not as many options in terms of connections getting here as well. So uh, I think it priced a lot of people out. Weather-wise, more tolerable than last week? Uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think it's Baku levels of intolerance. It's, uh, I think we're probably around about, it's probably 30, 32 degrees here now at the moment. Uh, but it's expected to be uh, cooler later on. It certainly was cooler inside the stadium last night, but still around 26 or 7 degrees. doesn't feel as humid as it did in Baku last week. One other thing is that there is... Uh, a, w- a weather warming that warning that there could be a heavy storm coming in this evening between uh, 7 and 10. Now, whether that's uh, Pat McElhaney and Michael Duffy will be whipping up <laughs> that storm on the Bratislava defence, I'm not too sure. But um, certainly Bratislava are expecting a storm and let's hope it's of the football variety. Absolutely. I'm not going to ask you because I'm not wasting my breath even to ask you what do you think will happen. <laughs> but go on anyway. Will they get a result without putting the scoreline on it? Will the will they, will they tie be alive in Tala next Tuesday? Yes, the tie will be live in Tala next Tuesday. That's all we want to hear. You know, I, I, I'm notorious. I don't give predictions. I know, general, sure But no. I do think the tie... I certainly think the tie will be alive next week. Yeah, and look at... Uh, Dundalk haven't been scoring goals away from home. Um, uh, you know, but uh, but tonight might be the exception. These guys are fairly confident in terms of... They like a lot of the ball and they take chances at the back, apparently. Mm. Uh, they do risk players forward. So there might be something. And God knows Michael Duffy and McElhaney in particular. They yeah. need a bit of luck and they need yeah. a bit of space and they need to get a bit of confidence back. And let's just hope one of them comes up with a big mm. uh, goal tonight. 10 past 7 here live on LMFM Radio on the app or lmfm.ie. Adrian Taff on the microphone. Wish Dundalk all the very best as usual. We'll have a great aid, a great game, Adrian, and we'll all be tuned in and hopefully the Lily Whites will do it. Thanks a million. Thank you. That's Adrian Taff, uh, live from Bratislava, Slovakia, to us on Late Lunch. That's a lot on the show for this afternoon. Well, I suppose this is what it's about for Dundalk, isn't it? This song sums it up. It's Matthew Wilder and Break My Stride. Come on, Dundalk, this evening. See you tomorrow at half one.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.